0: hello and welcome to the talk film society or is it the trek film society what, what is going on what, is happening? what are we doing what are we talking about i'm mike and i'm joined today by diego how's it going diego
1: it's going really good now that this is an announcement
0: of sorts yeah yeah and marcelo Hey. How's it going, Marcelo? It's going great, Mike and Diego. I'm not
2: going to ask how you guys are, because I've already done that in the last hour. We've been recording. So, yeah, yeah you guys are great. I'm great.
0: It's, it's fantastic. Anyway, <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, what are we doing here? What are we talking about? Not Michael Bay.
2: No. As of this recording, the Talk From Society feed is currently getting Bayhem. Our Michael Bay retrospective which was out on the patreon first and now it's on the free feed so fans of that maybe maybe stumbled onto this or any fan of talk from society um, this is what the you know it's essentially like a short trek of like our yeah. new yeah, our new Star Trek series.
0: Yes, this is the Children of Mars of a new <laughs> Star Trek podcast on Talk Film Society called Trek Film Society. And you guys don't know what that was a reference to, but that's okay. You'll learn.
2: <laughs> You'll learn <laughs> <laughs> It's this is this is a, it's it's a very weird thing. I think we decided to do what we're doing now, like at the tail end of what we just did. It's hard to explain. Yeah, Mike, try to explain what's going on here.
0: Okay, so so we're doing a Star Trek podcast on Talk Film Society. But the thing about Star Trek podcasts is there are a lot of Star Trek podcasts which are done by Star Trek fans. It's weird, but that's how it usually works out. So... What we thought we would do is, yes, I'm a Star Trek fan. And yes, Diego is a Star Trek fan. And yes, Marcelo <laughs> thinks that <laughs> Wrath of Khan is one of the best movies ever made.
2: That makes me a Star Trek fan.
0: <laughs> but our our degrees of Star Trek fandom are kind of spread out across the the spectrum of Star Trek's fandom. And the the one thing which I think we all have in common is our... Love of movies. Yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. We can agree on that. So we thought it would be fun to look at all of the Star Trek movies from the perspective of movies and not necessarily the perspective of Star Trek, but also sort of giving the the, the history of Star Trek and sort of seeing how these things are recontextualized based on whatever. Right. So like, so like, what are the thoughts of, of someone who has been watching these same movies for the past, you know, 25 years? What are the thoughts of someone who may be seeing them for the first time and not even knowing it? <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> Mike is referencing. Yeah. what What's great about this is we're what, like more than halfway through our series, we've been recording oh, these. yeah. Yeah. We've been recording these for the last, what, like eight? Like two months, uh, nine Mm -hmm. weeks, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And yeah, uh, uh, it's been an interesting rewatch. I'm not going to spoil it, but even I have just now realized I just watched Insurrection. That's the movie we're going to be recording about soon. I just watched Insurrection for the first time. I thought I'd seen it before, but nope. Um, So (laughs) yeah, Uh, coming into these, uh, uh, you know, movie by movie, talking to uh, Mike and Diego, it's been fascinating because Mike for sure is like the expert here. Diego is like a huge fan and I'm just like, I love it, but I don't love all of it. And of course I have
0: not seen all of it. So yeah, it's, it's a fun ride so far. And it's been really interesting to see, well, well, for one thing, you know, like revisiting them. Right. But also like, like, you know, once you, you, you kind of like see sort of like more of the Star Trek, franchise right how your opinion of what you have seen in these movies may or may not change you know what i mean
1: yeah Yeah, the the, the more you like absorb of star trek the more of its like history you start to like really i mean obviously you start to understand more of it but like you start to appreciate different things and not just like references but like the prime directive and like the different species relationships and the relationship between the characters and like the, the worlds and what Star Trek ultimately means. Like at its core, Star Trek can like expand and twist and turn and bend and snap a bunch of different directions. And that's why it's so exciting to talk about too. But like at its core, I think that's, that's what is always keeps the, the engines of the enterprise going and keeps fans coming back to it.
2: Yeah, and, and, and to that point, what I love about this series is the way that Mike gets set it up. Like, each episode is dedicated to one of the films in the series. We're going from original series films all the way through... Um, what's what, what the, the, the Kelvin timeline? Is that what it is? Kelvin, yeah. that's yeah. the official yeah. name, yeah. Yeah, um, but Mike has paired a Star Trek episode of any one of the TV series to, you know, each movie. So, I mean, this week we're discussing what Deep Space Nine in conjunction with uh, Insurrection, so... Yeah, stuff like that. Um, it opens the mind uh, when it comes to Star Trek.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we're going to be watching um, one episode from every single series, you know, which is kind of cool and, and everything like that. And and it's always related to the movies in some way. Some Maybe it's a direct relation like Wrath uh, of Khan and, and Space Seed. But sometimes it's like, well, uh, these two were done by the same person or something. You know, whatever. It could be anything. So we we we've been going on doing this thing but there was some pretty huge news in Star Trek Land uh, this week and 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 that's that there's going to be a new series yeah so we thought that it would be a good idea to take a, a break from from talking about these movies and get some immediate reactions about this new series and i i i, I, I really want to hear what the two of you have to say about it because you're coming into it with a clean slate having not seen discovery or anything like that you're just you know taking it all in so
2: star trek was created uh, on september 8th <laughs> in 19- uh, 1966 66 well
0: It's interesting that you say that because that is a very good place to start. Back before Star Trek aired on September 8th, 1966, there was a pilot that was uh, shot in 1964, which did not get picked up because the the network said it was too cerebral. And it starred a different captain of the Enterprise, uh, Captain Pike played by Jeffrey Hunter, and it had uh, number one, who was the first officer, a woman, can you believe it, mm. played by Majel Barrett Roddenberry, I think just maybe, maybe Majel Barrett at the time, I'm not positive, and then Spock was on it too, but it was shouty Spock as as people like to refer to him the women he'd smile and everything anyway oh okay that that reminds me of something that i saw in one of those uh short treks we saw okay keep going mike yeah yeah okay makes Mm -hmm. sense now Mm -hmm. so so this was like you know it was always a thing which people saw and everything like that well you know in uh, season two of discovery they end up meeting the enterprise and you know pikes in command and all that good stuff and Fans really, really, really loved Captain Pike in Discovery. So, because fans demanded it, quite literally, they have just announced that there's going to be a new Star Trek show called Star Trek Strange New Worlds, which is about Pike and Number One and Spock aboard the USS Enterprise before Kirk got there. And that's cool and all, but it's especially cool, as people have pointed out online, because this pilot, which got rejected 56 years ago, has now finally been given its season order. Finally. All
1: good things.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, since since we're in the middle of this thing, and since you know, you got, I mean, like I've you know been watching Discovery and everything, you guys haven't, um, but you're aware of Pike and all that stuff. Yeah, I, I thought it would be you know cool to to get your um, your take on all this stuff. And one of the things which they did because they've really, I mean, this is the worst kept secret in Hollywood. I mean, there was a convention where Kurtzman was up on stage, and he's like you guys want to see a, a Pike series? And everyone's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, we'll see what we can do. You don't say that if you're not going to do a Pike series, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. knew this was coming. So there were actually a few uh, short treks that they did, uh, which focused on the crew of, of the Enterprise in, in this era, which in, in a lot of ways serve as kind of like 10-minute episodes of what this show would be. So we watched them. And uh, I'm very curious as to what you guys think about The Trouble with Edward. Um, this is uh, an episode where uh, it doesn't really focus on the crew of uh, the Enterprise. It focuses on a, a crew of another ship with another captain and uh, a guy who essentially creates the Tribbles. So, yeah, Marcelo, what, what did you think about The Trouble with Edward?
2: I've said before, I'm a fan of the original series, and of course, I'm a fan of uh, the Trouble with Tribbles, a classic episode. And I had the same sort of conversation regarding fan service and you know prequels and things set in the past, and with my Lord of the Rings show. And we're currently watching the Hobbit movies, which has its own you know fan service going on in, in some parts. Uh, regardless of the quality, I mean it's there. but seeing the trouble with Edward and getting like the origin story of the of the tribbles, like I have like maybe one question about it uh, regardless but the short itself I think is great i I, I think it's funny uh, like we were saying before with these short tricks, I can't remember what episode and which one we saw the name of it but uh, um, I like that these are here. the ones I've seen so far are just. They're like they're like 15, like 10 15 minute shorts. They just tell like this this like quick little story in the Star Trek universe and they just play with it. They just do their own thing for that short amount of time. Like I enjoy that. That, that this universe is already set up and people can come in like a sandbox and just create their own thing. And that's how I felt about this short. I wanna I wanna rewatch the Triple Triples, because I don't Mike I think you'll probably know this, but like did did kirk and like spot not know like shouldn't they have known that this this was like a, a a man-made thing i can't remember if it was if they knew it was man-made or if it was like they thought it was just some some animals right like that connection didn't make sense to me other than that though i enjoyed the characters i enjoyed like this origin story of like these triples, why they're why they're the way they are so overall i enjoyed it but my question is like canonically does it make sense in my head so that's my only
0: complaint yeah um canonically it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> so, um, so I'm not crazy, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, it, like, I can accept that they've... Because, ne- like, in, in Trouble with Tribbles, they're like, what's that? And, like, it's yeah. a Tribble. And it's like, okay, you know, whatever. But they do, I think, talk about, like, well, when they're removed from their natural environment, you know, with the predators there and everything. And there was an episode of the animated series, which was written by the same guy who wrote Trouble with Tribbles, called... Um, more Tribbles, More Troubles, um, where they they get into the origin of, of the Tribbles and, you know, there's like, you're introduced to the Tribble Predator, which is called a glomer and stuff like that. And, um, you know, that makes it sound like it's a, it's a, you know, just an evolutionary whatever, you know. So this kind of contradicts that. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if you think about if you really think about it it kind of makes the tribal appearance and in into darkness work better because <laughs> because in in that There's like just a tribble there. And and he's like, Bones, what are you doing with that tribble? And he's like, Oh, I'm trying to, you know, like uh, use Khan's blood to like bring dead things back to life, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And people are like, How is there not a, how does he have a tribble on there? And there aren't a billion tribbles. And my my answer was always like, We, we neuter our pets, you know, (laughs) I'm sure you could neuter a tribble. Right.
2: Oh, wait. So I'm sorry to interject, but so you're, what you're saying is like they're just tribbles. And like the tribbles that um, that were shown in the short tracks, they're just they're just their own tribbles. And well, then and then the tribbles that Kirk and Spock run into that that the, those are completely separate tribbles from the ones we see in these short treks.
0: No, no, I, no. <laughs> I think that the ones that we saw in Trouble with Tribbles are the ones we saw in the short tracks, uh-huh. but they're certainly unaltered tribbles as well, which explains why the tribble wasn't breeding in into darkness but you could even take it a step further and say because of where the timeline deviated like the events of this thing never occurred and edward never made tribbles dangerous and in the in the jj verse timeline tribbles just they don't breed you know they're just like regular animals yeah um so it, it doesn't really work but <laughs> but you know, I, I'm
2: sorry. We had like a five minute conversation about you know no, the no. canon and like retcons. Yeah. It's it's good though. I I, I, I did enjoy uh, who's um, a little battle angel. I think she's great, Ro- right? Rosa, yeah. Salazar. Rosa Salazar. She's awesome. And also, is it H. John Benjamin? He's great too. So yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. And and it was directed by. Uh, daniel gray i believe it i don't know how you pronounce his name anyway he is a, a director on that show uh what is america is that is that what yeah. it's called the yeah. uh
2: the sasha Baron conan show
0: yeah yeah that's for, so so you know they're bringing in like comedy people to do comedy so okay diego what do you think about this thing
1: uh, same question as Marcelo. I might have loved it even more than him, anyways. Though, like it, it's oh, just God. straight up like entertaining and really fun. And uh, the, the the cast is like, I had no idea they were in it, so that was a really nice surprise. <laughs> and uh, uh, I I love Tribbles. I think I've mentioned that that was my first like instance with Star Trek, like of the TV series. And so, um, like I've always had a soft spot for them, but I always wanted them to make bigger. Uh, appearances in in the films. Uh, I hope yeah. they make a comeback eventually. Their their cameo in into Darkness isn't like uh, I, I've never had a problem with it. We'll talk about that when we get to the that movie but like that's not the problem with that movie so I don't care. Like whatever. Trib- tribbles are great. I don't know. I wish I wish there was a, a third act uh, twist where there's a monsoon of Tribbles that helped the Enterprise defeat a villain. Like that's what I want to <laughs> see one day. But uh, until then, this is nice.
0: Maybe maybe one day we'll get that. Um, you just you just spoiled Quentin Tarantino's script.
1: I know. You know like, I <laughs> oh, that, that was, would have
0: been incredible. Yeah. I mean, this is all well and good, and and like I I, I really enjoyed it. And you know, I mean, the fact that you have things like a, a team of 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 Starfleet officers with phaser rifles, like shooting tribbles in like tactical formation. I mean, that's just gold. But all of that all of that is great, and then the credits roll, and then, at the end of the credits, you guys saw this right yes I, yeah it was a it was a triple serial commercial yes, yeah, what Which, did you guys think about that
2: i'll say and and, and this um, this is why I love this because, like I said, you know these directors, writers, actors uh, they just come in and make their own you know thing in a Star Trek universe. This basically played out like a comedy, which I don't think I've seen. Well, not okay. Obviously, there are Star Trek episodes that are funny, but this is played like more like a comedy than I think I've ever seen a Star Trek. I think.
0: Yeah, it could be. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and so maybe, and yeah, that little commercial at the end is definitely for sure the most like comedic thing I've seen of a Star Trek thing ever. Like its own little comedy sketch, and I thought it was thought it was funny. Again, I enjoy seeing like these new uh, uh, aspects of the Star Trek universe, especially one that like I think is genuinely like entertaining to watch.
1: It reminded me of the Cheddar Goblin from Mandy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) From
2: what?
1: From Mandy. For those that have seen the film Mandy starring Nicolas Cage, there's a commercial. Have you seen Mandy,
0: Mike? I have. I do not remember that at all. The Cheddar Goblin. To be fair, I don't remember most of that movie. Oh, okay. It was a midnight show and I'm watching it. Basically, I think probably because, you know, U2 and others were like, you got to see this movie. And I'm like, I guess I got to see Mandy.
2: U2, the band U2, took. no, no watch as it? in, like,
0: you <laughs> no, too, trying. you know? But they probably did too because everybody was like, Mandy, Mandy, Mandy. And I'm like, all right, whatever. You know, I mean, I love going to, you know, the, the music box for midnight shows for, like, crazy fucked up movies, you know? And I'm like, let's do this. And I'm like, what the fuck is – I mean – I don't understand why anyone cares. But anyway, yes. So I don't oh remember the Cheddar Goblin. Okay. Sorry.
2: It, for it, those oh, that I'll do remember, say, that's yeah, what uh, I thought of. Yeah, I was gonna sorry to interject, but like it's went. hard to it's hard to miss the Cheddar Goblin, Mike, <laughs> because the movie, it's like it's like a serious, dramatic Nicolas Cage movie, spoiler alert, like he goes with some serious shit, and then it breaks for a minute to show you the Cheddar Goblin commercial and it's insane within the insanity, so um, yeah, I agree with you, Diego. I got Cheddar Goblin vibes. And uh, yeah, my my experience with Mandy is like, I love the thing, but it gave me a, one of the few times in my life where I had to basically tell somebody shut the fuck up during a movie. Because uh-huh. like I, well, first time I watched it was like a screener at home and blew my mind. Um, uh, and then the second time I had seen it in a the theater, I had to because I thought it was amazing, but I saw it like on a... It wasn't even like a fest screening. It was just like a, a, like a maybe like oh, it might have been Thursday or Friday night. But it was just a normal screening. It was like nothing was special about it. They're just showing the movie. And some guy just thought it was like the fucking like he had, I'm sure, like six beers beforehand. <laughs> he was there to just like kind of like to say, yeah, woo like during the movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, there's a time and place for that. Nobody else is doing that. It's just you. So halfway through, I go shot I, I don't think I said shut the fuck up. I certainly implied. I was like, shut up, dude. <laughs> he's yeah. like, what? Anyway, um, Mandy, go see it folks. Yeah.
0: <laughs> they, uh, you know, okay. I, I love that commercial. I love it because it is so outside of what Star Trek is, has ever done, you know? And then, and then you start getting into it. And, and this is, I think why, well, okay. Let me, let me say this. As far as Star Trek fans are concerned, they hate this thing.
2: You know, what what's funny is I, I I googled it just now just to just to look at the cast list again, and this is IMDb, so who gives a shit? But still, yeah. it's like it's like a it's like a uh, uh, interesting barometer to look at. It has a six point three or something. No, like something low, lower than yeah. I expected. Because I honestly, if we were to rate this stuff, I'd probably give it like a four out of five. But apparently, it falls like at like, you know, lower than that to some people. So why do people, why do people not like Joy?
0: Like, <laughs> um, why is that? The, the complaints that I've heard, well, I mean, there's some people who are like, uh, it's it's not funny, you know? And, and then there are other people who are like, why is it funny? And then there are people who, you know, I I guess I can, well, not really, but it, it, some people are like, how how is Edward in Starfleet? That's not what a Starfleet officer is. But then there's a lot of people who dislike uh, Rosa Salazar's character and say that she's, you know, the thing that, that people always bring up is like the last line where she's like, he's an idiot and people are like, is this what Star Trek is now? Where we're just calling our fellow human beings idiots. And I it's like, like I beings. mean, you know, I, I don't really have a problem with that. I Like, I do think, and, and I think that this was, like, intentional in the thing. Like, she is a bad captain, you know? I mean, like, it's, it's like everything that she does is kind of, like, wrong. But that doesn't mean that I don't like the episode or mm-hmm. even her character, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. Whatever. It, it, it is what it is. Um, and then and then you get to the end, and I think it just kind of, like, breaks people's heads in a sense, because it's like everything on screen is canon. How is this canon? <laughs> which, to me, I'm like, that's, uh, that is an interesting question. And it's something which I had to think about quite a bit, but my explanation for it is that Just like we have people making YouTube videos on a daily basis, somebody found out about this or whatever and decided to make this commercial and post it on Space YouTube, you know? And that's what it is. It's not something that actually happened. There isn't a serial called Tribbles, but there is someone who made a fake Tribbles serial commercial.
2: I have a theory I just made up now. Here's my theory. Here's my headcanon. That commercial that plays at the end that advertises um, the triple cereal, it's Edward, the guy who made these triples, these mutant triples. (laughs) It's his dying dream. It's his Jacob's Ladder. There you go. It's the last thing he sees before (laughs) he dies. (laughs) That works. So, yeah, there you go.
1: Diego, do you have a theory? (laughs) Uh, No, but I I do like that (laughs) he's just a bad captain. Like, I think people are so tied up in like this idea that the 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 protagonists we follow in stories have to be like the best at what they do and like one that can get kind of boring like i don't think mm-hmm. superman's boring but if you apply that mentality to every character it will get boring right and like you can let people fail and you can have that be like the point of the story or if it's a comedy generally that's just funnier <laughs> Like mm-hmm. So, yeah. whatever. Who cares? I don't know. I, I got a kick out of this one. I'll probably rewatch this soon. Like, I, I like this one almost as much as like Ephraim and Dot, honestly. Yeah. Uh, that might be, that's kind of like the, the high bar. But this one I, I I really liked a lot.
0: I agree. I agree. I mean, that, that last line, like, we're pregnant with flavor. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, Okay, so moving on to, uh, let's do Q&A, which is the first one that aired. But technically, okay, see, here's the thing, right? Like, she was the science officer on Enterprise, and she's leaving to get her own command, right? So they don't explicitly say this, but if you put all of the pieces together, Spock is the person who's replacing her. That's how I see uh, it. And okay. Q&A is Spock coming onto the ship for the first time. So, Q&A. Now, here is, you know, it's it's Spock and number one stuck in an elevator, directed by Mark Pellington, who directed uh, some fantastic movies like Arlington Road and The Mothman Prophecies and uh, a bunch of music videos, most notably uh, Jeremy for Pearl, J- uh, Pearl, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Right? Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam. Pearl, right? that's yeah. a band, yeah. 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 So so he's you know, fantastic director in my mm. opinion. He's also in uh, almost famous. He's the guy who uh won't let him backstage for the first show where he's like you're not on the list. <laughs> anyway. Um, Great film. Great film. <laughs> it is. Yes. So so he directed this thing and it was written by Michael Shabon. and uh yeah. W- what do you guys think about um Q&A? Diego.
1: I like little bottle episodes like this. You know, it's a great opportunity to get characters, uh, uh like to really explore their conflicts, like just, uh, kind of strip them away from everything else, you know, and see what happens. A lot of filmmakers do this. And I think it's a, it's a tried and true premise that generally you can't really miss with, like when all the cards fall into place, you can't really miss with it. And I, I think this is, this is interesting. I don't know. I like, I like the characters,
0: well, well, Marcel, what did you think about, about
2: this? I, I I did enjoy this. Um, I love seeing Rebecca Romaine in anything. It uh, feels like she hasn't been in anything in a while. Um, and I'm glad you gave that context
0: because I didn't know. I don't think I ever did see that the original pilot of Star Trek. If you um, watched season one, you saw it. You you, you yeah. might not have seen the original pilot, but what they did. Oh was yeah, they-
2: they, they, it's like a, it was like a flashback where Pike's in that thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just I just don't have it in my memory like engraved in In there. your memory so, banks. Exactly. I have to check my memory banks. But uh, yeah, it it I enjoyed, especially after having rewatched you know the original series films, um, having that kind of backstory with Spock maybe giving him, you know, uh, uh, reasons for suppressing his emotions, like setting that up in the beginning of his, like, career on the Enterprise. I enjoyed that stuff. And also just the fact that, yeah, now knowing that this sets up a new series with Rebecca Romain in that role, I think it's interesting too. So, yeah, I enjoyed it. Like like Diego, like I like bottle episodes. And um, I appreciated the fact that you thought they were going to, you know, get into something romantic, but they don't do that. It it takes a turn, which I appreciated. So, yeah, I enjoyed this, for sure.
0: It's an interesting thing, I mean, especially now that they're expanding this to a full series, like dealing with these these two characters in particular, because, um, you know, just historically speaking... Spock wasn't supposed to be, you know, the unemotional alien guy. He was just supposed to be a weird alien guy, right? And you never really get into what makes him a weird alien guy aside from his ears in that first episode. But number one was supposed to be like the emotionless, logical character. And when the network said, you got to redo this, you got to get rid of the guy with the pointed ears and you got to get rid of the woman... (laughs) Roddenberry was like, well, I'm not going to get rid of both of them. So essentially what I'll do is I'll fuse them into one character. And that's how Spock became Spock. So now having to go back and tell stories where the two of them exist, you've got to explain away why Spock isn't shouty anymore. Mm -hmm. And you got to explain, you know, how you have such... Similar characters on this ship, or at least you know how they interact with each other, and I think that you know this thing really kind of laid the groundwork for that, which is you know kind of cool. Uh,
2: what's what's the time frame between like let's say um, when Spock like uh, uh, on um, during the short QA, like him arriving at the Enterprise to you know Kirk showing up? What's the time span between those two events?
0: Uh, about eleven years. 11 years, yeah. Yeah, so So you got some time. Yeah. yeah. They can crank out, like, good five,
2: six seasons
0: of this new show. Yeah, Yeah. there you go. There you go. Easily, yeah. So there was one more which kind of really gets into the the pike of it all more than anything, and that's... uh, Uh What what was it called? I don't even remember. Ask Ask Not. There you go. I had Ask Ask written down. I didn't have the not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I wrote that Ask Mike. Mike, what was it called? (laughs) Yeah, that was...
0: (laughs) So So, um yeah, Marcelo, what did you think about Ask Not?
2: Again, I like I like all like I, I enjoyed all these three. Like like the reasons I said before. Like they each had they each had their own unique take on Star Trek. And this gave me some insight, some quick insight into the Pike character. You know, the way Pike handles things, you know, it's not the way Picard would handle things, or even Kirk, and it's not the way that um uh, what's his name Cisco. Cisco. Cap- Cisco. Yeah, Cisco would handle things it's interesting and again like I think they did a pretty good job of like laying the groundwork for any future series for the future series that's coming up with Pike I I, I, I didn't expect that twist I guess we're in spoilers now like I'm just saying yeah that, yeah, that twist that happens I didn't catch on to it maybe until a second before the twist happens because I was kind of like, well, well, you know, Pike's, you know, trying to uh, go rogue and uh, he uh, almost, you know, succeeded in a mutiny. So that was intriguing. Um, but yeah, no, I enjoyed it overall. Again, these, these quick bites of Star Trek are, are entertaining and I'm, I'm glad I'm seeing uh, these and like having, again, like new voices come in and, uh, and do these. I like them.
0: Yeah, this one was done by uh, a couple people. Well, the director, I forget, I forget their name, but uh, they did like music videos and stuff. Uh, the writer is uh, someone who's writing on, on Discovery in the, the coming season for this one. But yeah, Diego, what did you think about this one?
1: Yeah, I, I liked it too. I probably got like diminishing returns like in the way that we're just discussing them right now. I think that's actually how I'd rank them. First best, <laughs> second, second best and this one. Pretty good.
0: I have to say I'm not a huge fan of this episode. I mean, for one thing, as soon as I saw that she was a cadet, I'm like, oh... It's fake. Like, instantly, (laughs) you know? So I'm like, this is, you know, this is what they do. You know, this is just the opening of Star Trek II is what it is. But then also, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, and and the character, uh, the the reason why people love him is because they really see him as being this sort of, like, relatable, paternal sort of figure and everything, who really cares about his crew and all that stuff. And that's all well and good, but, like yeah they're they're leaning into this woman's trauma in order to prove <laughs> See, that she's they're like I'm, oh oh you and your husband were the only two people who survived uh, well now guess what your husband's about to die and you have to you know choose between him and your duty and it's like I, like, I, I could see her doing that and then getting to the end and being like, fuck all y'all. I can't believe that I just sided with someone who would do this to me, you know? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I I, I want to hear what Diego thinks about this because
2: I may be... I have a unique take because I I was in the Air Force for four years. But that's not to say, like, I was, like, you know, gung-ho and participated in, like, very... I don't know, what you'd expect military would be. It wasn't like an average, I guess, military life. So That
0: that, that was a question. In my commentary for that, I even say, like, do they do this in the military? Am I just completely off base on this?
2: But to that point, I've never gone through anything like that to that extent. I I don't think anybody really has. (laughs) That's insane, the situation that goes on in this short. But I can see, it. to me, it was like, I, I, I'm like kind of with you, Mike, I'm, I'd be, I would be infuriated, but in that military lifestyle and, you know, comparing it to, let's say, the military of today, it's, it is kind of a, I hate to say it, like a very like college fraternity sort of thing. It's like, let's get it's you know, let's essentially prank <laughs> these people um and and you know let that be the ritual so they can you know uh climb the ranks so in that sense i believed it i had no problem believing that although it did it may be very immoral to basically you know uh, pick and prod at people's traumas but i don't know it's uh, what, what what i find barbaric maybe one one reason out of many i didn't end up staying in the air force is there are barbaric things that 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 uh, people in the military do that that may be barbaric to me but not to them and one example is like when like people get ranks on like new ranks on their arms you guys may know this because i i think you know I, I don't know if it's a common thing or not if you get a new rank on your arm the thing is like like to have people line up you know and punch you right in <laughs> that spot where you get the rank and I'm like, I don't want that. I don't. I don't want that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I understand there's ritual. I understand um, it's like a rite of passage, but I, we don't need to do that in two thousand. In the two thousands, like I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's it, again. I love the military. Of course, I did that for four years. It just wasn't my style. So yeah, that's my point of view.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I, I see it a little bit like hazing, almost. Yeah, you know, amazing. like, I, I think uh, society has progressed past the needs of hazing. <laughs> Not that they yeah. ever needed to really be there in the first place, but, you know, then it, it does almost make it, like, a little bit like a cult figure, you know, where it's kind of like you need to be, like, accepted by uh, a certain, like, establishment or regime, and then you get into a little bit of, like, blind loyalty with that, and... Star Trek is very not that so I could see I could see Mike's uh uh, oh, yeah. uh disapproval of this episode I guess
0: <laughs> yeah and, and I am alone here I mean Ask Not and Q&A were definitely fan favorites you know and and a lot of people saw I think you know what they they were intending with with Ask Not which is look at it from from the cadet's perspective and to show her you know nobility and, and you know, that sort of thing. So, y- y- that, you know, was fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, no.
2: it's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Whatever. Well, yeah. No, but uh, I get it. I get both points of views. And, yeah, it's something to think about. I'm not thinking more about Diego's point of view about it being like, like sort of like a cultish mentality. But isn't that I, – I understand Star Trek is not supposed to be that. But sometimes you can't escape that because – that's just the military lifestyle. And that's what you just have to do is you know have to follow a command and if yeah. you don't, mm-hmm. then you know they put you in the brig. so that, that's just that's just how it goes in the military.
0: so for for whatever it's worth, um, this new series it's being, I guess co-show run by Akiva Goldsman and Henry Alonzo Myers. Who i had never heard of before but apparently he's a higher up on the writing staff of the magicians so oh, yeah
2: i have heard that show exists i'm not sure what that show is about that show has a big
1: fandom and they're very passionate
0: they say it's okay. like buffy for adults mm-hmm.
2: well it wasn't buffy for adults anyway
0: <laughs> i think like if buffy is for teenagers magicians is for adults Okay, that's what I've heard. Anyway, it's supposed to be good. Uh, but yes, so they're the showrunners, and um, the, the uh, they, they did announce two other people on the writing staff uh, whose names I don't exactly remember now. But one of them was a writer on Luke Cage, and she also wrote that movie Hellfest, and. Yeah, yeah. Which I okay. have, I have that on iTunes. I, I got a digital code from work. And
1: solid, solid I, little movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it, it, it's a good time. Out. I've heard,
2: I've heard good
0: things. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah.
1: like not out of your world or anything like that. You'll be like, yeah, that was, that's a solid eighty minutes.
0: Okay. Yeah, so. All right. I'll ch- I'll check that out. I still need to watch Luke Cage. Um, yeah.
1: Season two is really good. Season one starts good and kind of teeters off. It has the Netflix problem. Season yeah. two, there's like one episode where they have the Netflix problem. Everything else is. I think that is the most underrated of the, the Netflix stuff, honestly.
0: Okay. okay, all right. And then the other um, writer who they announced is uh, a guy who um, wrote like 35 episodes of Supernatural or something like that. So, yeah. 35 out of the 1,000 yeah. episodes. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, then, and then also, uh, you know, of course, Alex Kurtzman and uh, Jenny Lamette, they have a hand in it, mm-hmm. as as per usual. So, so yeah. Anyway, um, so 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 seeing this to wrap this all up, seeing this now these three episodes and the you know Rebecca Romaine and uh, Ethan Peck, who's Gregory Peck's grandson, by the way, the spot. Oh wow! And and Anson Mount. Um, you know, what what do you guys think about this? And oh, and here's the other thing, which uh, Akiva Goldsman has said, which is their plan is to make it. Very standalone, like almost like the original series, where like each episode is going to be its own story. And he said it's not going to be like City on the Edge of Forever, where you know Kirk loses the love of his life and then never mentions it again. <laughs> but it's not going to be like continuing storylines throughout that sort of thing. So, with all of that in mind, what what do you guys think about this show? Are you? I have
1: never been more excited for a Star Trek show after you saying that. Because that's what okay. I, I've always wanted for these, like, space adventure shows. Like, it, it's nice to have, like, an overarching story. And I, I think it would be nice if sometimes you veered into that, you know? Like, here's a three-part arc. Or, like, oh, the season was secretly building up to this. You know, like, Buffy did that really well. Angel did it really well, mostly. Yeah. But the the standalone stuff, I think there's a real lost art right now to standalone television episodes. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 that makes me so happy that it doesn't mean we're not going to mention what happened before. It just means that you can hop into this and basically get what's going on. That yeah. I I am so happy. I am so tired of serialized prestige television and th- whatever. There's a lot of great television right now, but it's nice to have some variety. And it looks like Star Trek has really just been kind of doing this secretly under the table the whole time for the last couple of years. So that makes me very very happy. Like, I, I am giddy right now. I cannot wait for this <laughs> to happen.
0: All right. All right. <laughs> yeah.
2: Dago may be the most excited all of all of us. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, when I heard that, I'm Don't like... Don't
2: fuck ah. it up, everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. but But the thing is, too, I mean, like the original series, right... As as my my co-host Max would say, that show the quality of that show is like a, a weather vane in a tornado, right? One week you get the best television you've ever seen in your life, and the next week it is absolute dog shit. But <laughs> you know, you do that 30 times, and if you come out with like three masterpieces, then like who cares about the other 27 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's cool. And 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 what, what the original series was always proposed as from the beginning as, you know, an anthology with standing sets. That's how it was described. And, you know, so anyway. And and, and, and Marcelo, what, what do you think?
2: I mean, I'm not as excited as Diego. I don't think anybody <laughs> can be. But, I mean, I'm excited that it's, that I was thinking about this. And I'm sorry to bring, uh, you know, Star Wars into this. But I feel that Star Wars has always wanted to be what Star Trek is now, because Star Trek is, you know, they they have this universe and the, and like seeing the short Treks kind of just proves this. They have this universe they're playing with. At this point, they have what two shows going: Discovery and Picard. They're having another show, the third show, right on Lord, CBS All Access. Lower
0: Dex starts up later. Lower Deck. See,
2: they have all these shows. They have this universe building with like all these creatives, these these you know individual creatives um, working on them. It's exciting. It, it's exciting. I think it's exciting to be a Star Trek fan right now because you have all this stuff, and you may not like it all. I'm sure, Mike. There's nobody out there who likes all of it, right? Obviously, like there's there's stuff. Oh, that yeah, you can there's there's. Maybe there's, Pick the, and choose.
0: there's the old mantra from lots and lots of people who say there's no such thing as bad Star Trek. It's all good. But to which my response is uh you should try watching the animated series. Um, <laughs> see how see how that works for you.
1: I think you can like appreciate all of it. You know, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Like I appreciate all Star Wars movies. Do I think they're all good? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, most of them, yeah, but like you know, Star Trek. I, I appreciate all the Star Trek movies. Are all of them good? We'll talk about that a little later. But <laughs> until until that, um, yeah, it's just it, it's really exciting right now.
2: Yeah, but but then m- to my personal point, mm-hmm. I might not get to this new show for years because I still need to. I I, I should probably go watch uh, Next Generation, and maybe I'll Backwards. give. Back yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, like mike was suggesting a few episodes ago and hey maybe even deep space nine has my interest now who mm. knows mm. but uh but yeah um and even like okay if i see all of next generation i'd see picard and then uh then I have to see also discovery so yeah there's a lot of star trek i may not get to it all but i'm, I'm just excited that it's out there and it's it's seemingly going on the right track
0: my wife watched every single episode in the span of a year. Uh, I'm sure you can do that.
2: Of Next Generation
0: of Star Trek. <laughs> of all of it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's
2: amazing. So, okay.
0: Oh, Marcelo, you have that. time now.
1: We all have time uh, now.
2: <laughs> we can I
1: mean, we can watch it over backwards, it forwards, sideways, hop in between series, like
0: yeah, I mean there's lots of things that you know you could do. You could, there's a Oh yeah, there's there's lots of lots of ways to do it. Lots of ways.
2: I'll see how I feel okay. <laughs> after All after right. this series. Let's All see right. if I j- jump back into it.
0: Okay, so that was a little taste of of what's to come. Um, but it's not going to be for a while because we still have like uh <laughs> you know like five of these, record, we, like that, yeah, of these to
2: record and and then also Mike Diego we haven't even decided exactly when the series is coming out. I will say yeah. I do want to do it like um Bayhem. Where maybe this is off my conversation, but this is just a tease for anybody who's listening now. Um, Release it on Patreon first. um, Have that on there for a few months, and then release it on the main feed because I think I loved how that rollout went out. This is Mm -hmm. the essentially this is the sequel to Bayham, and you know uh, of course where where to go after Michael Bay is Star Trek. So. Uh, naturally, yeah, naturally, well,
0: you got the Kurtzman Orsi connection, right? Yeah. So, oh, there you go.
2: oh boy, <laughs> yeah. now now you guys have to think of the third thing we're going to do because of course Kurtzman and Orsi. Oh shit! Just do that. I will that find it. I will find the missing. <laughs> yeah, <there you> go. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, of course. Uh, uh, exactly when the series is coming out? It's two TBD, but uh, much like Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Well, yeah much like extra- I mean they have not said when that's you know the air date for that I but
0: uh, I don't even know when they can start shooting it
2: oh <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it, it you know kind of like where we are as a as a human race it's all up in the air so yeah. we're trying up you know we're, we're we're doing our best we're still recording these and you know we hope you enjoyed this and uh, yeah stay tuned for more to come.
0: Yeah. So in the meantime, uh, since we can't be listening to any truck film society for the next uh, few months or whatever, uh, Diego, where can people find you on the Internet?
1: People can find me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter and check out the Waffle Press on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and also our Patreon, where I have my own retrospective going on uh, Happy Amblin, the Steven Spielberg and Adam Chandler podcast, which is uh, insanity. So if you need other stuff to hold you over until you hear the Trek Film Society, there's, there's one right there.
2: What about you, Marcelo? Of course, talk from society. Uh, if you're subscribed to uh, iTunes, um, then you're listening to this. You found this out. Or if you're a fan of Star Trek and you stumbled onto this, check out our other shows uh, on this feed. Uh, of course, listen to Bayhem with the three of us um listen to sequels we for uh, sorry rest in peace we forgive you um mm-hmm. listen to uh, uh, uh marking the marks listen to monsters ever die just just a just a just a plethora of talk from society shows and our writing at talk from check it all out and our patreon patreon.com slash talk from society
0: all right. And and you, you can find me talking about Star Trek in, in some places, most notably on Trek.fm, where I do a couple shows now. Well, I did a show called Stage 9, where we looked at the people who, who make Star Trek and the other stuff that they've done, which is not Star Trek. So check that out. And then also I, I do a couple of shows called Tracks on the Line and Tracks from the Edge, where we provide audio commentaries for every episode of new Star Trek, like Discovery and Picard. So you can find all those over on trek.fm. You can also find me on my website, filmdamagepod.com, doing a show called Film Damage, where we talk about film projection and other movies, and, I mean, hey, we're definitely going to be talking about strange new worlds uh, over there, well, tomorrow night, actually, Um, if you want uh, the perspective of uh, two people who have watched way too much Star Trek <laughs> and 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 can't see the forest through the trees. Uh head on over to com, And you can also find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mumbles3K. Okay. So, um we've had uh 8 weeks of practice on this.
2: Yeah, we have our catchphrase already, which <laughs> yeah. is you know, I I it's it is it is very weird how this is going to roll out. This is I think we did record an episode 0 where Mm -hmm. now, technically, that's going to be episode two of this. No, 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 (laughs) no, is
0: This is episode negative one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a disaster. All right. But no, uh, it's going to be weird. Anybody listen to the episode zero, we did not figure out a catchphrase, but now we have a catchphrase. Yeah. So
0: here we go. All right. Three, two, one. I I have have had had enough. enough...
2: Of you.
0: That was terrible, but probably the best it's ever been.
1: Honestly, yeah. yeah.